Okay, um, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different cultures, get to learn about other cultures. Uh, my name is Nusayari and welcome to another episode. Uh, so today we have a guest for a second time for a part two, because we just couldn't get enough of her the first time. Welcome. No, 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 not really. Um, no, the, the, the last time the library closed on us, so right. we had to like vacate the building. Right. In fact, I'm sure like I haven't edited the episode, but I'm going to leave in the whole, yeah, hey, can you guys please, <laughs> <laughs> could you guys please um, vacate the room or whatever he yeah. or she said, but welcome back, Jess. Oh man, it's good to be back. But it's, it's different when you come from, when I'm coming from my house house versus where I was staying the last time. Where is your house house? Where in the bedroom? Like, is that? If that's, the, that's the distance, if you can be honest. <laughs> um, so I live in Northern Virginia. Okay. Um, DMV people claim that Virginia is not a part of the DMV, but it is. Okay, in parts, Northern Virginia is. Thank you. That's where Amazon is, right? DC. You said what? Well, it depends on what part of Northern Virginia. Okay, the part where I'm from, I'm from Woodbridge. That's oh, okay. like the cusp before you start going like... Wait, wait, wait. That's where you grew up. Yes. You guys still have a house out there too. My, since I was born, we've been in the same house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it took me roughly like about an hour and twenty minutes to get here. To get you. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I I undercalculated one. Um. Two. I forgot how civilized this country is. <laughs> so, That's what I thought actually yeah. when you told me earlier. I like. I think she's running on like Ninja Artist time. Bro, no, uh, I, I didn't reach Ninja Artist time. Chill, chill on me, chill on like, me. But, you know, AY Live, like the events will start at 5 p.m. and the end will start It'll be dark <laughs> But yeah, I came, I came a little a little late. No, well, welcome. It's, it's all good. It's all good. So far, you didn't get a ticket and you didn't spring something, try to run here. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time I'm driving in over a year, uh, a year and some months. Yeah, since the last time I came to America. And I really, like, when I say I forgot how civilized this country was, I was actually frustrated how civilized the world was. Did you have road rage? Did you curse people? I didn't have road rage because it wasn't like anyone cursing me out, but like, stoplights, I've never, like, Uh, in the past, what what, stoplight how? There'll be one stoplight (laughs) that you have to stop at. Otherwise, you don't stop at. Do you drive in the Lagos? I don't drive. That's another thing. So I'm always, like, in the back of my, well, I'm always in my taxi car and my Uber. So I'm not really paying. And then I'm just used to being in the car for long periods of time. So now that I'm like driving back in the U.S. and I'm driving and then I have to meet deadlines and stuff, it's just like, bro, why are there stoplights? Why is there stop sign? Why is it 25 miles per hour? Why can't it be 50 miles per hour? Like it was too many <laughs> things rushing through my head. I was getting frustrated when I was driving. No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, you're here now. So yeah, it's I appreciate all good. you, sir. Thank you. And you're in uh, Silver Spring also for a wedding? Well, okay. I'm in Silver Spring because I have um my very, very good friend lives in Silver Spring and I just have a lot of business apparently in Silver Spring. But I'm in the DMV for weddings. None of them are happening in Silver Spring, but um okay. one is happening in one is happening in um in Maryland, the other one is a destination wedding. Really? Yeah. Where? In Mexico. In Cancun? Where where in Mexico? Cancun area, I think. Uh, Riviera Maya or Cancun or something. Oh, like nice. That. My my I think she's still in Cancun. She should be back maybe tomorrow or next tomorrow. My okay. in-law is in Cancun. For real? Yeah, my brother's wife. She's currently in Cancun. Uh, so. What was the last time you spoke to her? How she like it? Because I've only been to Mexico once and it was for humanitarian work. I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to her since she left. Okay. I actually had her on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, she came for my graduation that's a few cute. months ago. Um, but this is going to be a Niger wedding, Jalof, 
right? Jollof, yes. Or like what? destination wedding, like hors d'oeuvres and stuff. Would yeah, I think, so I think it's going to be... Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't think it's bringing that over the, over the border. No, I don't think that. Um, okay, so they don't they don't think... Uh, what What's his name? This dude that was just sentenced to life plus 30 years. Um, El Chapo. El Chapo. So they don't think El Chapo is trying to well, smuggle some right stuff you know, across the border. You can't know more. Gotcha. There's one question I forgot to ask you, and sorry for, I almost said for those of us just joining in. This is not radio, this is a podcast. So you guys already know. You guys have obviously read the description and hopefully have uh, listened to the episode last week right. uh, or the previous episode with Jessica. But there's a question I forgot to ask you last week. Like, how exactly did you come in touch with Loose Talk crew? How exactly do you get into that ecosystem? Who referred you? And okay. How did you get that gig? Okay, so I'm going to credit. Two interesting points in my life um, that I think contributed to me not being a loose talk like however many years later. So I don't know if I said it on the previous podcast. Once upon a time, I used to be on another podcast um, called The Ladies Room, and that was um, powered by Giddy Lounge Radio. And oh, that was actually powered by Giddy Lounge? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was broadcast out of Nigeria? No. no. So we used to do it on like um, online. Okay. So we never were in the same place. Oh, okay. I was the only one that would always be out of the country. The other co-hosts were always stationary in um, America. Gotcha. Um, so I was on a podcast called The Ladies Room Show. And I had a friend. Let me not say I had a friend. The, pro- the person who's now the producer of Who's Talking Now, right, um, used to listen to that show. Okay. So this is like two years ago. This is end of 2016, once I finished NYIC. Okay. I did that podcast for a year. And I guess, I feel like I'm even the one that caused us to stop doing it because we had done one year in. I had told them, like, I think I have to leave because I can't do the podcast anymore because I'm moving to Nigeria. Okay. This is when I thought the goal I had in my head when I was moving to Nigeria was going to happen. It never happened. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But at this mm-hmm. point, I don't even know if I want it to happen. Really? Um, yeah, but <laughs> she has been radicalized, guys. You know, like I'm telling you, like I, she, I had a she very good smile again. I told <laughs> screw government, screw all that. I'm not. That's not my. That's not my. That's not my burden anymore. Um, but I left them, and then I moved to Nine. Now, between the time when I came back to America after NYC, and then I moved to Nine again, this one that I'm in there now. In between that time, I came to Nigeria for a humanitarian for a human rights investigation trip with a human rights lawyer. We went to northeastern Nigeria. We went to southeastern Nigeria to go and uh, look at what the herdsmen were doing in the north. And then this was during um, the reemergence of the IPOB movement. So after I did the two-week trip, I took a one-week trip to Lagos. I said, before I go back to America, let me stop in Lagos and let me you know, pull up on some people, right? So during that week, um, Abe reached out to me or like we were talking about something and then he he had always wanted me to meet Osagi and I was like oh that guy's really dope like okay cool if you can make it happen make it happen Osagi like the former the editor-in-chief editor, of Pulse uh, currently with O-Ride you know my president our president all that good stuff so wait president of what? See, he's my president. He's president of whatever. Anything I want to be president of, that's okay. that, that's how hard I write for a sex. Okay. But anyway, so in 2017, I met with him, and it was a very brief conversation, and it was very random. Like, literally, I had I did not know what I was going to do in Nigeria. I just wanted his insight because I looked up to him um, in the media space and, like, just all the things he was doing. He just gave me a very generic advice. Um, 
situation for like 20 minutes. Okay, what was that advice? It was a combination of things. I think I was telling him like, okay, I'm moving to Nigeria. I have this hunch that I should move back, but I don't know where to start. I don't know where to, you know, dip my feet in. I don't know the direction to take. Yeah. And he was telling me like, he's been looking at my work for a very long time and that I'll be fine. And that once you get into Nigeria, just look at different avenues um, in the media space. Um, he was, he was uh, prophesying or like foreshadowing that like, I was going to be in the media space heavy. I didn't even see for myself. I was looking at him like, how? Like, who's about to... I don't know nobody. Nepotism is not going to be my favorite. I don't have no connections. I don't have no powerful uncles. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, once you have, like, a different accent, it's easy to... See, I, that, I feel like it's a very... That, people got to retire. People have to retire that, that, that rhetoric, to be honest. But we'll get into that. Gotcha. Anyways, he gave me this brief, generic um, word of, words of advice. I said, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate... He will be exchanged numbers. Now, when we exchanged numbers, he told me something like, oh, you know, I would love to have you as a guest on Loose Talk, right? And I was like, oh, that'd be so dope. Cool. I remember I texted him. He didn't, he didn't hit me back, right? So I'm not going to say he curved me because he's a busy man. But in 2017, at that time, he did not text me back. Whatever. So once you skip a few, I moved to Nudge. And then I just start working. Like, I just start getting gigs. I don't know. I, the first job I ever did, the first gig I ever did that really immersed me into like Altec, um culture or what we call Altec, which is alternative culture in Nigeria, I hosted um, Native Land. I had not hosted anything before. I don't know where I got the courage to do that because like if you ask me to come and talk, the most I could talk in front of is like a church setting or like a small group setting or something. I've never done a concert or anything like that. So I did that. Um, I did that gig. And then I just started working. So I started working, working, working. Um, I now naturally was engrossed into the Alte movement. I was working with them, working with them, working with them. Everywhere I'd go, I would be talking about it. And then I naturally guess, I naturally, I guess I am alternative based on my lifestyle and, you know, my dressing and things like that. And then that's how summer of 2018, I don't remember the month, maybe August or something like that. Abe hits me up and says, Hey, we would like you to um, guest host Who's Talk. So, mind you, one year ago, Osak said it. I texted him about it. He did hit me back. Yeah. One, two, skip a few. Almost a year later, Abe hits me and says, I would love for you to come and do a, a guest episode. I do the guest episode. The first one I did with a girl named Gochi. Yeah, um, I remember that Yeah. One. So, I did that, and then I thought, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, like, okay, that's dope. That's cool. Then they asked me to come again to do the last episode of 2018. And I'm like, that's a significant episode. Like, what's what, like, why? I don't understand. Yeah, I think I also remember that one. Yeah, with Awazi. Mm-hmm. And then, before I knew it, they were asking me to become a co-host on Luska. Okay. When I tell you I was confused, for with how, where did you see Oh, yeah, you didn't know it was a, it was a test, right? Apparently, all y'all knew is that me. I didn't know it was a test. Um, I know, funnily enough, like, there was a time when they were trying to get me and Moni to be on the same episode and we couldn't because our schedules kept bumping heads. Mm-hmm. So she did it too. I did too. And then I think they just analyzed and engaged and then they not put us together. Gotcha. So that's how I joined News Talk. I did not know for anywhere from anywhere that I was going to join News Talk. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And just to like to touch on those sides a little bit, um, me and him kind of like have a little bit of history. I don't even know if he, re- if he remembers me to be honest, okay. but uh, we used to run this magazine called Play Mode Magazine when I was in the University of Benin. And he was with Nets. That. He was in like Nets then. And we're always like running into each other in the same shows. Like, dude, you day again. 
Dude, you're here again. Yeah. So yeah, I can remember when the whole green thing happened and he was like the first to uh, come up with a story. I'm like, oh damn, Mossad beat us to it mm-hmm. and everything. And yeah. Eventually we ran out of money and you know, we didn't go online fast enough. And that just like blew up, but yeah. that's just by the way. But it's it's Osage, like you said, the king of boys. <laughs> to be honest, bro. He, he's a good, he's a he's a good person, hard worker, he mentors a lot of people. Yes. Um, but I guess so. I can say you joining Loose Talk was more like preparation meets opportunity, because something just right. happened where they just needed new hosts, and because you had had some contacts in the past, they just decided to hey, you know. Let's try out. And you had some experience with the mm-hmm. ladies' room, like mm-hmm. a year yeah. worth of podcasting. So I guess that goes to show that um, in some vein, if you want to do something, um, experience matters and network matters, right? Um, you, you see, you find some people just jumping into a radio station or something. Hey, you know, play my song or, you know, trying to do something just out of the blues, just like that, without realizing what went into it. So right. anyway, I guess there's hope for me. I mean, me I'm, I'm recording my own now. I or Steve. Maybe when Steve goes to Canada or something, I can replace. No, we're going to find a way to make Steve. He can't leave like that. Like, he can leave in body, but he can't leave in spirit. Yeah, we can, I mean that's someone I definitely want to talk to. Like if yeah. Steve comes to Canada, I'll, I'll go over, I'll go across the border and just I have a Canadian visa, so I'll go. I, if it's not too far, like I'll I'll look for him wherever it is, is and like interview him for that first week. That dude, okay, that's finally you happened. You probably have to join Q. How far? I'm telling you because I didn't appreciate Steve's fan base until maybe until very recently. But I don't want to say very recently, as if I've been on the podcast for a year. Yo, like, Steve is actually, nah, Steve is a real one. He's a real, like, forget the banter that we do on the podcast where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, this uh, anti-Steve or like, you know, Steve and, you know, just, just button heads and stuff. That yeah. guy, he's dope. He's yeah. awesome. Of course, he's the embodiment of the Ninja so more or less. I didn't get that when I first got on the podcast. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, relax. Like, yeah. I don't, it was continue. It, for me, it was like, it was kind of like internal contention because I was because me whenever I enter a platform I'm always I'm, I'm basically learning in the public eye or learning in front of the loose talk family yeah. I'm very like yo I can't take any opportunity where I have like um, a platform for granted so before I would all, I'm, I don't like joking on things where I'm like on spaces where I'm public spaces where I'm speaking okay I'm like I only have one shot I'm not a naturally do you, joking. do you do you joke in person and I, I joke in, in person. person I joke in person are you sure I joke in person, but it's not with everybody. Okay. So me, I'm a naturally like, you know how you asked me on the last podcast, like what, like you stripped away just just finesse, uh-huh. you stripped away Jess, and then there's Jessica, right? Uh-huh. Like Jessica can, the one that is like the in the firstborn only daughter of an evil family. I don't joke my family setting. Okay. With my friends that are close to me, they can see the goofy side of me. If I need to turn on the goofy side of me, like for me, like for certain media purposes or like branding purposes, I can do it. But then when it comes to like spaces where it's like we're talking about something that's serious, I did not, I didn't, before I did not know how to joke about serious matters. Like I always see can joke about something that in my mind, I'm like, where did you even see the space to even joke about this matter? Now that's all Nigerians. That's not sure. Okay. Well, that was my first experience because gotcha. before I could pick and choose who in Nigeria I would relate with. Okay. Like I can, I can, t- I can stay in my little, you know, bubble of, you know, alternate people. I can stay in my little bubble here. Steve and I were like, kind of, they were symbolic of me meeting mainstream Nigeria head on. 
and like learning how to balance and like relate with mainstream Nigeria. Even though I feel like they're even still better than mainstream Nigeria, because if I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw shit at nobody. Yeah, I was trying to ask. I was, I was wondering what's mainstream Nigeria. <laughs> mainstream Nigeria, trust me. It, the way okay. that they like to divide alter versus mainstream. Okay. It's very that thing is very real and it's very apparent. And if you if, even if you want to uh, argue, maybe returnee versus people that were you know born and raised in Nigeria is very different. So they like have taught me honestly how to learn and accept and grow and relate with and find balance between you know returnee or or, or whatever you know and then mainstream Nigeria. Mainstream Nigeria. Yes. Which begs the question, and this is something I guess I'm guilty of also because before I left Nigeria. Um, a couple of people who schooled, so I went to University of Benin, yeah. like undergrad, mm-hmm. and before I left Nigeria, um, whoever had studied in whatever, Harvard or Stanford or schools in Canada mm-hmm. or the UK mm-hmm. and worked in the same bank that I did, immediately went to like a head office role like financial control right. or treasury or performance right. management. Right. And people like also studying in Nigeria were always like, you know, we had to start from the real, from mm-hmm. the bottom mm-hmm. and you'll work our way, literally like prove our worth to be engaged in certain departments. And I was like, what the hell? Like, these guys don't get two heads now. It's in the So I was part of, you know, uh, full disclosure. I was part of those people to say as in like, what's this issue? Like I was kind of like hating on like returnees and mm-hmm. things like that. Only for me to come to the abroad and in less than two months, I don't know who I was calling. I think it was during the build up to the elections or something. I was like chatting with someone on Facebook and I was just trying to make him know that, hey, you know, this thing, this election, blah, blah, blah. We're talking and the guy was just like, what do you know? You that your abroad. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've been here for a month and a half and my... 27 years of my life or 28 years of my life was in Nigeria. So what's right. in the happen? It's not like we grew up together. Like, yeah. So just a month abroad and I've automatically like become like... Wait, you knew... How long have you known the person? Like since we were like 15. Oh, okay. Then that was, I don't understand what you said. Yeah, so I, I think... So it just goes to show, I think there's some form of... And I've been trying to crack it, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, my friend Jonathan, who is um, from Haiti, he mm-hmm. moved back to Haiti... Uh, I have a friend who's moving back to Pakistan and a chick, Yvonne, who just moved back to Abuja, to mm-hmm. sorry, to Lagos in Nigeria. And I was trying to understand, um, why is there so much, I don't want to use the word hate because hate is a strong word, but mm-hmm. why is there so much misunderstanding between returnees and folks who either haven't traveled before or who just live in Nigeria or live in their home countries. There's always that thing. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't feel like I would be the right person to unpack it because I feel like no matter what I say, subconsciously I would speak from a place of quote unquote privilege. Since I moved to Lagos, I don't like, I hate that word. I mean, let's have your opinion, right? Well, okay. we're, we're kind of like yin and yang. Yeah. Like, I've lived in the U.S. for two years, lived in Nigeria for 28. Yeah. You have lived in the U.S. most of your life, and yeah. I've just lived in Nigeria for, what, one or this two years now? This is about to be the third year now. So I can say I connect more to mainstream Nigeria in a way. You, okay, that's totally up, up until, I don't know, recently I've been starting to see some things differently mm-hmm. because I've been here for almost two years mm-hmm. now. But in your opinion, like, what do you think the issue is? No, so I'm not gonna lie. If you ask me, I really, I really don't, I really cannot call it. And this is why it's even like someone like me, I feel like struggles with this versus a lot of other returnees. Um, because 
I feel like I made it my duty that as soon as I stepped my leg in Nigeria on my own to move back on my own, I really tried to be like, I'm an ally for Nigerians. Like, I'm not going to shove my blue passport in anybody's face. Okay. I'm not going to cut the queue because, you know, I'm an American citizen. Okay. I'm not going to use nepotism to get anywhere. Like, I tried my hardest to make a conscious effort to be like, I want to be like the, you know, I want to experience Nigeria like, quote unquote, real Nigerians in Nigeria do. Is, is that effort appreciated or they are, mm-hmm. or you, you get the feedback like, wait till they do this one? Who said Yeah, you? like, till now, I think it's up until recently that I realized that, like, yo, people don't, I mean, you get the handful of people that do appreciate it, but then what I notice is actually it's it's diaspora people that appreciate it more than um than people in Nigeria. Like people in Nigeria look at me like I'm dumb. Like why? I'll give you an example. Um, when I did my NYSC, I was in Lagos for the first time, and I was living with um, my mom's like people from her village, right? They were family friends, mm-hmm. and these people they have money, but you will not know like they they are very conservative. Like, they are very, they own two cars, like, their children all know how to, their children went to, you know, top, you know, universities in Nigeria, but they taught the children how to use public transport to go from their house to that university. No one is using personal driver to take them there. Um, these people can go to the market and price things in the market, like, okay. they Typical. didn't, exactly. Middle class. Exactly. Middle class. No. The first time I ever had to do, this is so funny. Okay. See? Okay. Abe, right, used to work for... He used to be on a TV show. I don't remember the name of the show. Abe was on TV? He used to be on TV. Really? Yeah, he was a, he was a host of a, like, this fashion critique show or something. And okay. he asked me... This was in 2016. He wanted me to guest on it. Now, I was living in um, Egbeda at the time. This, my, this family was living in Egbeda. And the show... The studio where they host the show is in Ikeja. Right? Okay, not too far. Exactly. So it's not too far, right? Mm-hmm. So I told my auntie, I was like, auntie, you know, um, I need to get to Keja. I don't know how to get there. She said, my daughter, you've moved tonight, right? You can do it the easy way and like, oh, you know, do driver, do taxi, and down, or you can learn how to be in Nigeria and learn public transport. Okay. I was the first day I entered public transport by myself from Igmeda to Keja, right? And when I tell you I was having anxiety, like, I've never had a panic attack before. I'm sure. From that, entering public transport, from really? Entering public transport. Have you, done, have you done interstate? Oh, you have with your family, right? Have you done interstate alone? At this time, no. Okay. Right? And even if it was, like, it was literally, like, one Hummer, like, one uh, charter bus from one place to one place. Not having to come, get on bus, come down, get on bike, come down. It's different. Right? Gotcha. So, when I, when she told me this, right, I was like, you know what, Jessica, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. So, I ended up getting from, like, when I Kenya, and you understand, even though the distance was short, I felt so, like, from that day, I said, there's no public transport I won't enter. Now, let me explain why I was having anxiety. It's not because I was even scared that anyone was going to kidnap me or rob me or anything like that. I inherited the fear of Nigeria from my aunties and uncles that live in the diaspora. Mm, So, I now carry that to Nigeria. So, any small thing, oh, you can't eat roadside food, you would die. Oh, you can't shake anybody's hand, you would die. Oh, you can't, you know, oh, (laughs) if you, if you do this, they'll kidnap you. Or you need to come home by 3 p.m. because if you're on the road at some time, they'll kidnap you. So all these preconceived um, notions that were like, these were literally seeds sown into the bed of my mind. Over time. Once I moved to Nigeria, they started sprouting. So I, I felt, I felt, um, Paralyzed, like I couldn't do anything. Gotcha. So once I overcame my fear and went from that Egbeda to Ikeja, this was like probably an hour long journey. Mm-hmm. It probably took like two buses, 
one cake and a pep, one okada, right? And gotcha. I got there. No, so from that day forward, there's as in I would forgo using taxi. Like anytime I could use public transport, I would use it. Gotcha. And um, that year, right, I would always tweet about my trans- public transport experiences. Like, yo, I bust almost got into an accident. Yo, police almost stopped them. Yo, the driver came off the, came off the bus and started sure. fighting with another driver. Like, I would gotcha. tweet all this stuff. Okay. And I found out there were, there were people that were mad at me tweeting that. Like, look at this. Like, what is she trying to prove by coming from America and she's on public transport? Like, what, mm. you, like, what, what is it that you're trying to do? Or this one is forming... Um, you know, white. I belong. Uh, I belong. This one is forming white. Uh, um, what, uh, what do you call it? Tourists. Or they call it. Uh, uh, they call it something. Poverty. Uh, poverty. Por, uh, poverty porn. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Poverty like porn, trying to yeah, show, like you that. know. And I was yeah. looking at this. Like, and when I heard this, right, I was so confused because I was like, yo. If I had a driver, I've never had a driver before. My parents have never had drivers before. Okay. My mother enters public transport when she comes to Nigeria. My dad enters public transport. Like, yo, nobody's... We buy economy class ticket to go, you know, interstate, like, interstate within the country. There's never been a time where my parents have ever... We've never even had households before. I don't even... It's only when I, like, will go to my relative's house or my friend's house that I'll be seeing household. Mind you, I'll be, sometimes I'll be chilling with the house. I'm like, yo, you want to help me wash the plate? Like, I don't understand. I've never experienced that. So, obviously, people on the outside, they don't know this like about me unless I tell them. They just look at it like, oh, you're just an American. So, yeah, people used to, like, talk about me because I would, you know, speak about my very real... Did it bother you that people talked about you? At first, I was frustrated. It's not like... I was frustrated because I was just like, where are y'all getting this from? I don't understand. Like, mm. meanwhile, I'm having the time of my life entering bus, you know, running, jumping bus from Oshodi to, you know, Lekki. I'm having, I'm having a ball, bro. Like, because it allows me to people watch. It allows me to like see the side of Nigeria that they told me like, yo, if you be, if you're in this side of Nigeria, you die. And I'm like, the people that take bus by, by, by choice, like, because they have to, do they have two heads? No. Mm -hmm. So me that's taking it by choice. I'm, I'm just like them. Like, okay, maybe I look different, whatever. You know things like that, but it, it, at Wait, first... but to, but to flip to flip that a little bit, you, you talked about um, most of that stemming from the insecurities you had from your aunties mm-hmm. telling you all the stories. Yes. Now to flip that on his head, can you also understand the situation where some folks in let's say mainstream Nigeria mm-hmm. also have a certain impression of people from the abroad in quotes? So they have also been told things by their aunties. Right. So. It's well, okay. That's not that's very appropriate, right? And that's mm-hmm. very apt, right? But this is my thing. I understand that fully. I get it fully, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not even like I'm oppressing you with my privilege, you know. Like some people will not even know. I'll be on the bus quietly unless somebody want to bump, and then we end up talking. I, I like to talk to older aunties and uncles on the bus because they'll be telling me all different types of stories. It's not even like you have to. It's only by my accent that you know I'm from. I'm not like I wasn't I haven't been in Nigeria for a long time or I wasn't born there or whatever. I do the same. I drag change with the conductor like everybody else. I sit on the bus and I mind my business like everybody else. Yeah, I wish you I wish we had a video like I think she Bro, says it so like, proudly. Yeah, because I was like, yo, just cause you act I used like I'm not trying to even brag. I used to drive an Audi TT when I was in university, like, you know, pushing my car, you know, going anywhere I wanted to go. Living my, you know, mundane life in suburban Virginia where there was no... I've never even... The crime has not even happened in my neighborhood before. Mm. And I left that 
right? And I'm not saying it to get like a, a cookie or something, but I left that by choice to come to Nigeria. I was freaking proud of myself. Like, bro, I haven't, I haven't crumbled. Gotcha. You know, I'm doing all these things. So now, people saying that they have a preconceived notion about um, diaspora people, they're allowed. But I've not shown you any reason for you to look at me like, oh, just look at this one. It doesn't matter. I mean, black people don't show cops reasons to pull them over. Big facts. Facts. Um, I think I was, because I was making such a conscious effort to be like, yo, I want to be an ally. The only way I can be an ally is if I understand what these people go through. That's how I was frustrated. Again, again, that's the thing. I'm I'm just trying to be like the devil's advocate here, right? No, please be. And having lived in Nigeria for like 28 years, I'm just lived mm-hmm. in the States for less than two years, or about two years now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to see the dynamic and mm-hmm. haven't been like on the other side of the fence uh, in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. Some people who go back to Nigeria, some people mm-hmm. tend to have like a savior mentality. Facts, big facts. Like, hey, I'm going back home. My people need me. Yeah. Without me, like Nigeria, I've into MIT, I have yeah. a PhD in whatever. Yeah. I'm coming back to contribute my skill and my talent, which is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but the way they approach it is like, I'm coming back to, it reminds me of this TED talk I, I watched, right, about mm-hmm. an Italian who went to, I think it was Zimbabwe, to grow tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And he spent like six months teaching the Zimbabweans. I can't forget, I can't remember the country exactly. I'm not sure if it was in South or East Africa. But was teaching them how to grow Italian tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And the village he was doing this was at the base of a was like at the base of a mountain just before a river. Mm-hmm. So he had a small patch of farmland. And he taught them and taught them and taught them for about six months till the tomatoes became like ripe and rich and red. And mm-hmm. he was so happy with himself that oh now they these guys know how to utilize their farmland, which they right. couldn't utilize to right. grow Italian tomatoes. And all of a sudden, I think a particular season came. I'm not sure if it was like dry season where the hippos come out of the river mm-hmm. and like they come out and like spend and like a month. They smashed the whole farm, man, ate all the tomatoes, yeah. did everything. And dude went back to the village chief and like, dude, like what's going on? You're like, yeah, yeah. Every September to December, hippos come out and you know, that's why they don't use that side yeah. of the village. And it that's why the farm is, but like, why didn't you tell me like, well, you insisted on growing tomatoes. You thought tomatoes like was our problem. Yeah. You know, and you know, when I look at that story, I kind of like try to wait like both ways. There's some form of savior mentality for some people who go back home. And at the same time, some people who are back home, and this is not just specific to Nigeria, all countries. Mm-hmm have some kind of inferiority complex in in a way because i know when i traveled abroad there are some people i who just with time gravitated away i don't know if that makes sense mm-hmm. like, i'm like dude how far now ah, wait till the album. we we go to school together we grow up wait till the album. and one way or another it's just like yeah, you was, you, i get what you're saying the the some people not everyone yeah. like assume that oh some people have that inferiority complex on this side and some people have savior complex on this side mm-hmm. so how do we have that mesh and that communication because we both need each other right yeah like people from here have to go back home to help the economy but how do we do it in a way that is not oppressive to their existences and how do we do it in a way that doesn't cause sudden change yeah. that is gradual and is inclusive to the people that are there okay so that's just something i've been trying to rack my brain around because now like now that i've been here for just two years right. i automatically like become this side and it's not like i'm all the way here because mm-hmm. not if i'm I no, only have that to, to, to a lot of people you are. Once, once, oh, once yeah, you leave, we'll tell them how many people. I actually want to comment on this topic um, because it's very, um, 
I'm gonna have like a truth moment here and I actually realize this actually super recent, like maybe it's up to a week that I realized this thing. So it's funny, it's ironic that you're speaking about this. I 150% had a savior complex when I first moved to Nigeria, but I did not know it. And I say this because I moved from a nonprofit sector. I moved from the nonprofit sector to the for-profit sector. Undergrad, doing humanitarian work. I went to school for NGO work. I went to school for global community health. Um, I went to school for international studies, right? Very heavily nonprofit need um, focused, right? So I thought when I was coming to Nigeria, I was going to do that. No, I had, I'd have no, I did not have any damn care about no for-profit sector. I don't want to use my degree to go and start a business in Nigeria and become an entrepreneur. I literally, like, I, I literally wanted to be posted in northern Nigeria, right? So my, my thing was like, yo, I've, you know, I feel like I've done so much in East Africa. Like, why don't I go and give back to my own country? Now, from the surface level, it, that's a good thing. It's not, it's not like that's bad. But if you really, really check yourself and, and are introspective, you now start asking yourself, okay, why do you want to do this? Or like, okay, what is the, what, what is your purpose behind doing this? So when I didn't enter into the, desired or what I thought was going to be my field of, you know, um, of, of work. Right. And then I entered into for-profit and then on top of that, I entered into media and things like that. And you realize it's like, yo, even if you're not, you're not in Northern Nigeria, Niger- Northern Nigeria is still functioning. Now, whether the thing is functioning, uh, good or bad is not the question. It's still moving. Life is still going on. Life is still happening there. So for a very long time, right. It's like, okay, I'm doing all this work. Like, yo, I, I'm, I'm feeling burnout you know, in the sector that I'm in, I'm, I'm doing all this work, I'm doing all this work, you're like, yo, I'm putting all my effort, I'm putting all my effort, or like I'm giving high quality work, or sometimes I'll be frustrated because I'm not saying Nigerians are lax, but a lot of times I will see myself, let's use an event, for example, or doing a, a, an event, whether it's a concert, um, a, a music listening or whatever, I, I will come early, I will do, I will do more than the work that they're asking me to do, because I'm like, okay, if you're, if they call you to do something, and I feel like I learned this from America, if they call you to do something, what is it called? Under promise and over deliver or something like that. So, okay, you call me to just host. In short, I'll help you plan the lineup. In short, I'll help you do this. I'll also, I'll also be a runner. I'll also do this. I'll also run to the DJs. Like, things like that were happening. And I would get frustrated because I'm like, why is no one else, like, jump? Like, why is no one else doing this with me? I don't understand. And people will look at me like, yo, you're not from here, are you? And I'm like, well, you know, I guess, you know, I, I quote unquote just moved back. And when I look at it now, those concerts are still running, even though they're not running the way I want them to run. Like, they don't need me. Like, Nigeria doesn't, doesn't need anybody. Nigeria don't, doesn't, don't say that. I don't know. Like, I, I, I say this because, don't, like... Don't say that. When I say this, I'm not saying it like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking confidence in myself or I don't understand my value. I fully understand my value, right? But at the same time... You're frustrated. I'm frustrated, right? Mm-hmm. And the country will still be Nigeria, and Nigeria is still going to Nigerianate whether I'm there or not. I'm here in America. They're just still functioning. They're just still moving. Yeah, but it takes a few people to cause those little changes here and there. I think everyone means well. Maybe it's just a method. Some people don't mean well, no, sir. Some yeah, yeah, some well. people don't. Well, most, let, me, let, let me rephrase that. Most people mean well. It's just the method in a sense. Like I said, there's some form of inferiority compared to some people mm-hmm. back home, and there's some form of savior mentality some people, and it's just like I said, as you hear about stories about Nigeria, mm-hmm. people in Nigeria also hear about stories about here. I heard about stories about here before yeah. I came. When I came here and I was here for a few months and I wanted to travel to, where was I traveling to? I wanted to travel outside the US mm-hmm. and 
people at home were like, don't leave Nigeria. Don't leave. I'm sorry. Don't leave the U.S. I was like, why? But like, if you leave the U.S., like, it, it took you, you worked so hard to get in. Like, if, you, if you Trump won't allow you to come back, I'm like, I'm not a terrorist. My name is not yeah. on any list. I'm leaving legitimately. I'm still in school. I have two more semesters to go. So I'm coming back. I have all my papers. So why should I be afraid of leaving the U.S.? Right. So I don't know. But it's, there might be a difference in mentality. But there's a need to merge both aspects because it's becoming worse and it's adding to the whole classism mainland versus island thing right because mm-hmm. in nigeria there's this whole talk about people on the mainland versus people on the this island is so ignorant. Oh my God. yeah and i've never really understood like i've never wanted to live on the island this is me personally mm-hmm. i've always like wanted to live in maryland or like central ikeja mm-hmm. somewhere around ikeja yeah. beat magodo or mm-hmm. maryland or whatever because that is proximity to the mainland proximity to the island is there. And this is me who has like worked in Ikotun, which is close to Egbeda, and, mm-hmm. and lived in Manguru, which is close to Yanapaja and all those mm-hmm. places. But, I don't know, like, like there was a time we just graduated, right? Less than a few months after we graduated. I was still like 22, and a couple of people bought cars and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw like, someone I knew from school, mm-hmm. and I was like, entering the bus and something, and dude was like, Dude, you're still entering the bus. I'm like, dude, we graduated seven months ago, eight months. We're 22 freaking years old. It's not like we're 40 or anything. Like, what's, what's this whole deal with people trying to keep up with the Joneses and people trying to show themselves and people trying to package, um, in quotes? I don't understand so that. So I want to just, like, echo what you said. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed the hell out of living on the mainland. I don't care what nobody says. The only thing that probably like was annoying is the fact that my my taxi fare from um Igbeda to Lekki whenever I would go there on the weekends was like was like high, but um like how much? Like seven K one way back when Uber first started or like Damn. Yeah, seven thousand one way. So I was spending roughly like fourteen thousand a weekend just on taxi. That's like basically my one month of um Alawi from NYSC. Yeah. I use it on on, on taxi. I, and the reason why I liked living on the mainland more than living on the island, because I live on the island now, is because you don't have to form for anybody. Well, I didn't have to. This, this concept of like forming or like packaging yourself, I didn't really understand it till I had to constantly go to like like go to the island. Mm. There was one time I was going to a video shoot, right, and I used a taxi up until one point, and then the taxi kept getting lost. I said, "Hey, I'm coming down from this taxi. You're taking my, you're wasting my time." I entered Okada. And went from that place to the shoe place. Mm. Now these two guys got out of a car, right? And my makeup was done. It's not like I was dressed like oh super flashy, like my jewelry, like I always wear. But like my makeup was done, and then you know I looked you know semi decent to my standard. So these two guys got out of the car and they were staring at me because they were parked in the same place I was supposed to go to. And they're like, huh? This big way they come down from bike. Mm. Like where? Like where she? Where she, she thinks she's going? I don't understand. Like mm. how, why? Why is she on a bike? So, like things like that would always happen to me. I would go to certain places, and they'll tell you you can't use, you can't use bus to go to that place. And if you're going to that place, you have to make sure you come with taxi. Preach. Someone has to drive you. And I'm looking at them like, mm-hmm. bro, I'm getting to where I need to go. First of all, a car is way faster than if I was gonna be in somebody's taxi or somebody's car jammed up in this nasty traffic that be happening on the island. Why can't I take? The Okada to go to where I'm going, it was probably maybe because Nigerians or most Nigerians reward the look rather than the substance, basically. So maybe there is a sense of everyone wanting to associate with 
and what were the guys uh, elites or something yeah. and anything that, because it shows a sense anything that has any semblance to that whether it's like putting your location as London on yeah. Instagram yeah. or using a car or commenting on Netflix shows when no one watches Netflix in Nigeria <laughs> <laughs> or or saying how the US Open in tennis is so when no one watches tennis in Nigeria that, that's very, you know, very real. things like that but I don't know. Like me personally, it don't it doesn't make sense. And not everyone likes to do it, but some people are forced to do it because they know. Especially like in business, like if you're a business person, you might not necessarily warrant an office on the island. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you don't get an office on the island, your clientele base will be a lot different. So once you're telling your clients that, oh, can you come to my office on the mainland? Automatically, your invoice is being like they're pricing you out of yeah. like, okay, yeah. this company. Are you sure they can handle our business or something? It took me a long time to like come to terms with that and like i unfortunately right it affected me to the point where it's like i won't even bother trying to get on public transport on the island because not because i'm ashamed of it it's because i know we live in a culture any small thing is to block so let's say i'm not i'm not it's not, i'm not saying that i'm blown yet right but i mean i have been recognized on this like out and about like oh are you just just finesse or whatever yeah. and if people have asked oh can i take pictures with you and, and you know things like that or like introduce themselves to me yeah. I'm not ashamed of no damn bus. But if somebody takes a picture, right, and wants to caption it or call it whatever they'll call it, they'll not and then they want to start spreading around like, oh look at this babe that guy's but I've never bragged that I own a car. I don't even I tell people all the time I'm not driving in Lagos. What am I buying a car for? Maybe when I get to a certain level, like, okay, I'm, I might have to get a car because it's inevitable and like maybe I something happens where I like everyone knows me now and then it's literally not safe to be on public transport mm-hmm. because the same country that they can go and mob one of our celebrities for chain and, and beg them to give them money. Then objectively and inevitably, I can't even ride the public transport because it's unsafe. But anything other than that, like, bro, I don't have no problem. I'm getting from point A to my point B. That was instilled in me from my parents from young. In America, we are middle class. Get on the public, get on the bus, go to where you're going. Get on Metro, go to where you're going. Mm. In Nigeria, I carry that same mentality to Nigeria and it was wrong. It was, you need to fix this because... When in Rome, right? When in Rome, do as a Roman. Mm. And the people that are, you know, the Romans, and the, I'm like, you're doing yourself because, like, can't you can't even afford... Yourself. Sorry, how do you even... No, like, no, you, that was perfect. Yeah, I'll but, just... like, you can't even afford to be taking taxi up and down. You're just squeezing your, you know, your account to be you doing taxi. For the Jones, fake yeah. it till you make it, man. <laughs> $200 bus versus a $3,000 taxi. Like, bro, anytime I can, I will get on bus right. and save my 3000 number. Look, I don't understand it anyway, but yeah, yeah. I was speaking to someone who had to save for for five years to travel mm-hmm. and didn't buy a car and shared an apartment with three people just because I wanted to. Right. Not like I didn't have money to do all that stuff, but just because I knew I wanted to go to grad school, mm-hmm. I had to make that sacrifice. And people bought cars and you know went to the club every day. He still yeah. asked me to today on Facebook. I do. How do you do it? Oh, like five years of sacrifice, man. That's all it is. But hey, anyway, I was just talking about all that because I wanted to segue into the whole alternative. I don't know. If, I know it came out of alternative, but let's talk yeah. about alternative for a little let's bit. Let's go. Sometimes it seems really foreign to me, and I feel really old sometimes when I do the whole alter thing. But like anybody's the right person. What is alter exactly? Let's start from there. Okay. So, technically, right? Mm-hmm. Just like the fundamental, you know, mm-hmm. alter is short form for alternative. Gotcha. So basically, it's for you to know what the word alternative means, and then you now dive into its significance in the Nigerian space. 
right? Yeah. So it's basically, well, that, I, I don't even feel like I can, I should be calling it anti-mainstream now because it almost, more, way more people know about it now than they probably did one or two years ago. So it's not fully, it's not fully commercial, but pretty much all of the eyes that need to be on Altair right now are on Altair right now. So this movement is basically, what I call it anti-establishment, I feel like anti-establishment sounds a bit radical, but it's definitely counter-culture. Mm-hmm. It is definitely saying, yo, they tell us that you need to do things A, B, C, D in order to make it. Mm-hmm. No, we're doing it our own way. We're maintaining our, our, our beliefs. We're maintaining our values. We're maintaining our fashion. We're maintaining our style. Also, when you're saying that Altair transcends beyond the music. It transcends beyond the music. And that was the biggest, I think, area of confusion for a very long time because people just associated the Altair movement with strictly music. Mm. And then it's confusing because what is Altair music? What constitutes as Altair music? What components of your song have to be, you know, sound like this to sound Altair? It's way more, it's like music is only one subcategory under the umbrella movement. Altair umbrella, we have music. We have culture, we have lifestyle, we have fashion. And all those things are in contrast with the status quo in all those segments. Like For the most part. In contrast with the status quo of music, in contrast with the status quo of lifestyle, of, of uh, what you mentioned, fashion, mm-hmm. and other stuff. Excuse me. So for the most part, yes. But then if I say yes without explaining, it will, it will kind of do us a disservice. So all of us are Nigerian. Right, okay. I'm Igbo as hell. Like, bro. Oh wait, so is Alter just strictly a Nigerian thing, or for now, now? The name was the name was coined by Nigerians. Gotcha. I don't know, um, I don't know if you heard the Lusak episode where um, DRB came on, and they literally it literally came out of Bonji's mouth first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then it now was something like it just caught on. It was catchy. It made sense. It was something to you know categorize you know various different things, and then it now grew into this thing. Now we're all Nigerians. All these, all every single guy or babe you can mention under the Alte movement, that person knows their culture. Like I think a lot of times people associate Alte movement like, oh, um, foreign people that you know came back to Nigeria and just do it anyhow. No, we're super cultured, bro. Gotcha. There's no, there's no time I don't. I, there's no time you tell me I'm not going to my village and I'm not doing every single traditional Igbo thing that they want me to do when we have some type of event. Whether it's you know serving guests. You know, giving, handing out, cool, I know if I need to hand out, cool, like all those mm. things, I know it, bro. It's, gotcha. You're not about to tell me anything different. So we're Nigerian. We still maintain our Nigerianness. We don't throw it away to now replace it with foreign values. But now we've seen that there are many ways to do one thing, right? Mainstream, for the most part, is like, oh, these are the ways we do stuff in Nigeria. We're going to keep doing it like this. And we're going to stick to this way because this way this way always enters or this way always penetrates this one this way always commercializes we say we're nigerian right but we've seen so many dope things that have inspired us from the west we can combine those two concepts of the west and it's not even the west versus you know back home it's not even like fake because i think some people i've heard the argument that like oh other people are fake or they're they're forming it's not forming it's the the emergence of multiple cultures Mm -hmm. from all over the world we're in Nigeria. We're producing this content. We're pushing it out. So Altair was created by Nigerians. and Technically the word, yes. And it is kind of like a blank canvas where you can mm-hmm. borrow from other cultures or other subcultures and infuse that into the Nigerian narratives, kind of like make a new school 
I guess, a new school phenomenon mm-hmm. for young people to identify with. Basically. I fully agree with the. I fully agree with your definition. I just don't like the word borrow. Oh, okay. What's what's the PC term? I'm trying to think. It's not even a PC term. It's not borrowing. It's not borrowing. It's. it's I kind of like liken it to the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that old, but <laughs> I. I try to watch a couple of Beatles documentaries to kind of understand where, and the Beatles, prior to those Summer of Love thing in 67, mm-hmm. they went to India. Mm-hmm. And you could tell when they released like the Sgt. Pepper album, the sound was different. Yeah. And that's when John Lennon and all those guys started growing out their hair yeah. and the hippie culture, they started getting more involved. It was different from the traditional Liverpool suits right. wearing right. guitar playing right. Beatles. Right. And that influence came as a result, not entirely, but part of it came as a result of their trip to India. So, so maybe I can like it, it yeah. to the influence. Mm-hmm. For example, I'll use myself as, as, as an example. I'm full-blooded content till they finally were, I, I was going to say till I die. Got I'm you. pretty sure I'm going to be like an Alte mom. Cut you and you bleed Alte. You know, like, it comes out <laughs> my, my veins. Gotcha. Now, remember in part one of this episode, right? And this is what I, this is what my story is. I was born and raised in America. America was my primary culture. Nigeria now was my secondary culture. Now, I identify more with my Nigerian culture than my American culture, but I still possess and I still identify with both cultures. Mm-hmm. I moved to Nigeria. I'm not borrowing American culture. That that, that, that culture is in my blood. Mm. So for me, it's not borrowing. That's, that's, that's like, that is literally how I am. I cannot change it. I cannot fake it. Mm. I am an Americanized Nigerian that moved to Nigeria to live in Nigeria. Gotcha. But well, that's your personal story, right? That's not the Alte thing. That's my... Okay, so there's many key players in the Alte movement. All of us have different stories. There are those okay. that were born and raised in Nigeria, went to school abroad, came back. Mm-hmm. There are Alte people that have not left Nigeria, bro. Okay. Like, you're, where you live, what, what, you're, it's, it's your life, it's, your, it's the events and the things you've gone through in your life, right? Okay. That, you, that just emerge into like this beautiful just identity of who you are. And then you understanding that, yo, even I'm in Nigeria, right? I don't have to do it this way in order to make it. Gotcha. Because they always want to box you. If you don't do it like this, you don't go blue. If you don't do it like this, you know. Again, yeah, coming back to the music, but I'm more particular about the culture in general. So the culture, the culture is the same thing. I'll use myself as an example. I'm not an artist, right? I'm in the media space. So there's people who are, I'm in the media space with my, um, with my niche being alter new gen millennial right gotcha. there are people in the same media space who are like mainstream they cater like the whole they're celebrities in nigeria i'm not even a celebrity in nigeria because of the space i'm in we haven't emerged to become commercial so you know we're still what you can still call us underground i don't feel like that's right to call us underground but whatever like for example um let me use do you know do you know um someone named 80s yeah, I know he's the MTV guy. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. He is a full-blown celebrity. He's in the media space. He's a celebrity. All of Nigeria knows that guy. Like, people can mob him in the street. People take pictures of him, all that stuff, right? Now, people will tell, will say things like, like, that's just an example, right? So let me segue back to myself. I host, I've hosted concerts. I've hosted EP listings. I've been on media. I've been on radio. I've been on TV. Yo, if you want to, um, if you want to get uh, what is it called? Hired to host this show. You should probably dress like this. You should probably speak like this. You should probably do like this. Right? In 2019? In 2019. I, well, let me, okay, I take it back. I don't know about 2019 because I, I haven't been on, like, 
this was like 2018, 2016 to 2018. Yeah, I mean recently. Right? Um, but this, these are things that they're telling people to do. Uh-huh. I don't know about the ones that are currently on TV. This is what I've been told, right? That if I, if I, if I compromise in this, if I compromise in this, if I'm more feminine, if I appeal more to, uh, appeal more to my sexiness, then, you know, I can probably get certain opportunities. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not my identity. Maybe once upon a time, like I used to be more feminine, but like, I'm not, like, that's not, I've always been a tomboy. This is the first time in my life where I've like allowed my tomboyness to like express and I don't, I'm not hiding it for anybody. Before I used to hide it. Because gotcha. it's like, oh, that's not, that's not your brand or whatever. So they tell you all these things, right? For me, who's not an artist, but I'm so in the media that you have to do in order to, you know, make it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Is, is my journey a little bit longer? Probably yes. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Do I get lesser? Do I not get as many gigs as other people? Definitely, I don't get as many gigs as other people. Do they call me for all the opportunities, opportunities and brand deals that they call some other people for? No, but I don't care because is I'd rather I invest and build it now, build my brand up now, and stay true to what I am now, so that when it finally penetrates or it finally you know enters for us and stuff, mm-hmm. then I've already like these You'll are the be people the you're calling. That's it. Gotcha. Like it's not, it's not. This thing is not, it's not a joke, and I take it so seriously because, like, people are so, like, people will hate you. This thing is talking about hate, right? Mm-hmm. There's the, like, there's the one where it's like, oh, you hate people, hate um people that like, it seems like they can just run away from Nigeria anytime they want, and they don't have to really suffer in Nigeria. And then there's people that hate people that say, yo, I'm in the same space as you, but you, you're bending up and down to get them to pay attention. I'm not bending for I'm anybody. I'm in my own lane. I'm in my own lane. Gotcha. So sometimes, sorry, I know I'm talking too much. One thing I want to know, right? I want to know. I get it. Like, it's ignorant to say that, oh, I haven't gotten some opportunities because of where I come from, right? But I'm telling you, if I really look at it, the reason why I've gotten most of the opportunities I've gotten is because I've sticked to my guns. And I have not said, I'm going to become like the ideal uh, Nigerian woman in in Lagos. And that's basically like counterculture, right? That's the essence, right? You're doing things knowing that there are going to be like short-term repercussions. Yep. So you're going to forfeit acceptance from society. Facts. You're going to forfeit opportunities. You're going to forfeit you're gonna, money. going to forfeit money. But that's how it always is, right? Yeah. Um, who are these guys from Seattle? Uh, Kurt Cobain, Nirvana mm-hmm. and all those guys, like the grunge era mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Yeah. That's how it was, right? They didn't want to... They weren't pop. They were anti-pop. Mm-hmm. That's where you had bands who, like, didn't have makeup before concerts. They yeah, just came with yeah, their shirts, yeah. and these guys weren't shaving, and they were just playing. But the music was so pure, mm-hmm. and it became its own sub-genre of music, right. and the whole record industry, like, gravitated towards that, and everyone started signing bands, mm-hmm. like, out of Seattle and stuff. But let me ask you this. Given the environment you are in, mm-hmm. you guys have decided to come up with this phenomenon called Alte, which is supposed to be accepting and like bring everybody in. Mm-hmm. And but have you experienced instances of where people try to capitalize on that culture in a way that's not true to? <laughs> <laughs> no, so they doing it right now. <laughs> Wait, I want to know. <laughs> they doing it right now as you speak. Okay, in what way? In so many ways, bro. But like, give me some instances, like, how are people trying to capitalize? I mean, technically, you guys don't even have the numbers yet. Mm-hmm. 
And still, people are trying to like ride so that wave. Weird, because a lot of corporate people. <laughs> oh my god! Now, like corporate people will be hitting me up, like, "Yo, you know, we want to get in on this thing. How do we do it?" And I'm looking at them like, "But two years ago, everybody was slandering us that, oh, y'all don't have the numbers to do anything. Y'all are not even mainstream yet. You better sit down." No, you guys have you know, pool. You guys, I'll give, I'll give you that. You have that. Well, there's pool something factor. that people are finding value in that big dogs are not coming back to a little old us to come and ask us, you know, how you know how to get in on this, or you know, we'll be asked, you know, we'll be, you'll see, you're beginning to see us in mainstream spaces before you, they won't call us to come, you know, to any concert. Now we have our own concerts. Now those con- those concerts are so big that acts from our sector are now being invited. To come to, come to mainstream concerts and they're freaking people are singing the music word for word. But to, to go to the core of your question, people that, okay, it's going to be weird to answer this question for me personally because one, I'm PC police and two, I remember <laughs> the Loose Talk episode we had Don Jazzy on and Don Jazzy, there was the bit where me and him were going kind of back and forth about, you know, Altair and he was saying that there are two types of Altair people. Alter people that no, put the mic closer. Got you. Okay. Okay. Um, alter people that they would know that you're not alter and they'll embrace you. And then there's alter people that look at you like you're not alter enough, or you're not like you're forming, or like. Oh, so the elitism is even inside. Now, the, apparently, that's what they said. Inside the subgenre, subgenre. That's what they said. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't identify with you know subjugate like gotcha. classifying it, but um. So, it, like, although I believe anybody that's counterculture can be considered alter, I do feel like there are people that, like, are forcing it in the sense that I don't feel like the person has done their due diligence to understand what it is. I don't feel like they're really advocating for the movement, and it looks like they're just jumping on trend. I can't call them out publicly because it's like, I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in your mind. I don't know if you genuinely have accepted the movement and you're moving on this based on you love alter or not. But, for example, people are now calling their events like Alte events. Really? Yes. I've been invited to, people have sent me multiple things. And those events were not organized by Alte people in quotes. Those events are not associated with people that are heavily associated with the Alte movement. But they name you Alte event just to get that. I feel like because it's trendy right now. Like, I'm not about to lie. It's trendy. Just like once Lupita, you know, that whole dark-skinned women uh, women in America thing became trendy and everybody, you know, is, is hiring dark-skinned women, all of a sudden now I'm getting more attention than normal. All of a sudden my pictures are going viral. That's what I feel like is happening with Alter now. But but in, in all fairness, like, and I know this is this might be difficult to do with culture, mm-hmm. but in order to reduce, I don't say prevent, mm-hmm. or reduce instances like that, mm-hmm. are there structures being put in place? I know you guys document a lot. Yeah. But is there anything put in place that, oh, okay, if someone wants to know more, like you said yourself, a brand wants mm-hmm. to know how to get into the stuff, there's like a mechanism in place, like, oh, like, I'm just, this is high level stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a museum, a, yeah. a documentary, the Bible. Facts. No, no, how no. How to study it's like you the, a brand the culture or whatever. Something. Yeah, so because, like, people have to realize, right, that, I mean, shout out to God that, like, this thing has grown into something way bigger than probably any of the people, the forefathers of Alte have thought it would be. And I'm talking about, like, modern day Alte. There's people that will argue. That, oh, there's artists from, you know, back during Mo Hits and prior for the last time he was altered. Like, Wait, what? Mo Hits when? I thought Alter is like four years old, right? See, see Alter is four years old to me. No, right? Alter is different from alternative music. See, but there's people that will argue. 
see, no, 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 no. See, no, no, no. So, so I'm happy that we're on the same page, right? We're yeah, on the same page in terms yeah. of this. Now, this movement is relatively new, right? So... But to be fair, I would say the alternate thing, I'm sorry to cut you short, mm-hmm. started with the whole black magic SDC links kind of thing. They mm-hmm. don't see the way kind of like that whole Nobody black was, magic it wasn't, it wasn't, black magic downwards so like 2011 2012 yeah. downwards that's my opinion but you were saying so it's apt right like to say that mm. my de- like if you if you list out the characteristics the characteristics of alte those artists embodied that okay but the branding of alte started budge Adibota, um SDC a little bit later on downward to what it is now to the Odutis and Satis and Lady Dundies and and Psycho YP and and uh, well and you know other artists right now. Oh, Lady Dundee makes me laugh. But why does she make you laugh? <laughs> no, I don't know. She's just our marketing is just so cash, my dad, my mother. So freaking awesome. She's, um, she's awesome. Yeah, she's so awesome. But anyway, as I, as I was saying, um, the branding happened recently. So the consistent people have to understand, right? Some, it's very frustrating in Nigeria because I know, you know, when I was on Twitter before I moved to Nigeria, I feel like I had a very different experience. Now I'm like immersed in Nigerian Twitter and mm. I get frustrated every day because the way people talk, I'm like, yo, y'all talk and I don't know what y'all talking about. Like, I even, I'm not about to lie. Even me, sometimes I, I, I miss Yan or like I, I, you know, say things that's like, oh, just you should have checked out before you said what you had to say. But the way people talk in Nigerian Twitter, I'm just like, where are you? You're getting this out of your butt. Like, where are you getting what you're saying from? Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because in order for you to brand something, right, you have to continuously have that thing repeated in the public, repeated over and over. It has to be this constant repetition so people, it can be embedded in people's minds, right? Okay. So, Alte became this thing where, like, we're saying this thing daily. It's not like, oh, we're saying Alte and play. Like, you're going to interviews you're saying you're talking about Ote you're going you're having photo shoots starting about Ote you're making music you're talking about Ote so people will get annoyed like why is it everything in Ote 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 how else will they solidify what they're doing if not by continuously talking about the movement now to take it a step deeper is this bunch and someone named TZ who was a member of DRB is like very significant in this thing about the documentation of this movement yep. and and bringing it out on the forefront. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. I feel like I'm allowed to say it. he's producing a documentary on this modern day Altair movement. Okay. That's going to drop. I'm like, I'm almost certain it's going to drop before the end of the year, but don't quote me because you know, the way things happen, it could drop. I don't know the exact date, okay. but like he literally reached out to all of us that are associated with the Altair movement. And we heard like, interviewed all of us, interviewed our stories. I always come from the angle that I was embraced. I wasn't here when it started, but once I was embraced to it, I carried it on my head everywhere I go. Why? I carried it on my head. That's a question. Why why did you, what were you, so you you mentioned going back to Nigeria, uh, being frustrated by Nigerian Twitter and everything. Did you see the Alte culture as like a safe haven, like people that get you? Or Mm -hmm. why did you gravitate towards that, you in particular, towards Mm -hmm. that, um, culture okay so i think the thing for me is that was my that was considered a safe haven for me i moved back to nigeria funnily enough i've, I've said this on loose talk um i was introduced to like mainstream people and like key people before i was introduced to other people and i felt i didn't always mesh with them um it's not like i couldn't relate with them or like be friendly with them and stuff but they would not call me to work 
they would call me to work for like peanuts or for free. They did not respect me. Like they did not respect my brand at all. I'm not, I'm not about to lie. So it's only till now that's like, oh, they'll be hailing me every time I go somewhere. Like they'll hail me. Like got mainstream people that I knew before, they hail me now. But it's like, okay, but when I was almost like on y'all side of the spectrum, y'all never called me for nothing. It was one, it was my friend that actually introduced me to like Alta guys, right? He unfortunately he passed. And these same, you know, people, once he passed, like they were calling me to come and work. They were, Who are the first set of people you interact with? The first, if you want to say blatantly Alte guy mm-hmm. that I met was my friend who passed. The next person was um TZ. Sorry, DLB. can we say his name? Here? Yeah, we can. His name is um Uzi. I don't know if Uzi the rapper or that no, no, that's no, no, someone no, no. else. Obviously Nigerian. The person is Nigerian. Okay. Uzi. Um Gotcha. He's a he started so there's a brand called Severe Nature that was okay. started um, in Canada and then they branched out to the UK and then they branched out to Nigeria. A brand, a fashion brand. It's a fashion brand, a shoe gotcha. brand. He was the one that was heading or like was planting the Nigerian brand like on ground, right? Okay. And then he was doing it for that year and then he passed. So he introduced me to TZ from DRB. And okay. during his funeral, like all, you know, all the old Tay guys pulled up, all of them. And it was so amazing because Uzi had even told some of them about me. And I was meeting them for the first time. He's like, yo, I've heard so much about you. You have to work, you know, later. Like this was in 2016. 2019, okay. we're all working together. So they embraced me. They put money in my pocket. They've allowed me to build my brand. They've believed in me in, in the terms of, okay, I didn't really have a track record when I came to Nigeria because I, I mean, like I said, I came from the nonprofit sector. I came from going inside Ugandan villages and we're there trying to administer uh, uh, health uh, services to them, to entering the media sector. And I did it fluidly and I did it organically and apparently I've done it well. I mean, I think I've done it okay. But it's those people that really like allow me to be myself. If I didn't meet them, oh my God, I would definitely be... You'd have come back to the US. I wouldn't. You said what? Say so you would have come back to the US? Not that I would have come back to you. I'm pretty sure I would have conformed. Because I was meeting people left, right, that's telling me, you can't dress like this if you live here. You mm. can't be like this if you live here. Oh, you have tattoos, they're judging you forever. Oh, if you have this, you're doing this. Oh, if you're doing your hair like this. Like, I kept hearing that all the time. And I was getting... Beat, I was getting beat uh, beat down. So, I, I was feeling dejected. I was like, yo, how can I not be embraced in my own country? So it's kind of like that Avicii video, right? I don't know if you watch that video. Um, what's the name of that video? Wake me up. Yes, I watched that video. I watched that video. She was with our sister in the yeah, town where yeah, she yeah, did, then she yeah. got on a horse and yep. went to somewhere where, went to the Alte concert, basically. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Well, here's a question. Um, so I, I, I come from a... Can I say I come from a military background? My dad was in the military, mm-hmm. and I've always believed in don't bicker. If mm-hmm. you want something, go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no need, like you know, forming victim mentality or whatever. Do it. Of course, I know I understand the fact that it's really frustrating. Uh, people understanding, yep. uh, misunderstanding the movement, and yep. people criticizing you guys all the time, and yep. people saying hating on you guys all the time. I say, what do you feel like? Wait till you know, they do all this mm-hmm. kind of thing, but. What is the plan now for the future? Because you guys can't keep, you, you don't have, if, if a dog has to bark at every stone thrown at it, right? Mm-hmm. It don't get to where it's going. So what is the plan? Let me say for you personally. Yeah. Let, let me, I don't know if I'm you're about to say, like, nobody barks anymore. No, I'm even the one that barks at everybody. 
to be honest. Well, you're, you're the one I interact, you're the one I listen to most because I listen yeah. to your podcast yeah. every Monday. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the other guys do, but it, it kind of seems like everyone is trying to like defend the culture or whatever, or whatever. But what is the, you, you talked about the documentary, mm-hmm. but what, what are kind of like the high level stuff? And I'll tell you guys, what are the steps taken to like maybe transcend beyond Lagos to get mm-hmm. more recognition on international platforms, yeah. to solidify the brand like locally? What are those steps being taken? Um, I don't know if this is even like, I know you said what are high level things. I don't know if I can get that deep into it now, but I can literally say. Oh, it's top secret. Though. No, it's not even that it's top. It's not even that it's top secret. Sometimes I feel like, yo, I mean, I'd be the best person to like even uh, explain it because I'm not the one, you know, literally making the music. Um, but okay, I that's, that's that flip it. What do you want to do with this you. culture in no. the future? Um, to be honest, I actually low-key had an agenda when I used to do this talk. Okay. And that was to use that platform to be able to, um, push all take culture. Yeah, that's true. That was my soul. That was my like. That, I'm not that was even gonna lie. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, there's no, there's no. That was blatant. It's like it's mo- okay, money well. for Alter. Um, uh, sorry, just for Alter. Money for what they call this Latin music. Um, big body. I don't like the centrists. <laughs> then know? Steve like the sports. Like whoever picked that team. Man. <laughs> And the thing is when I was even agreeing when I was even delivering whether I should take it or not, you know, the first it took me a long time to say yes because I was like, yo, I don't want anyone to misconstrue or think I'm selling out or anyone to think that, oh Wow, um, is that a thing in the culture? No, it's not that it's a thing in the culture. That was just me, my personal like, yo, I like we're very neat like we're very like yo for ourselves like not for ourselves, but you help me, I help you. Like, we're building ourselves up. Like, we have nobody. We don't have... We're not getting corporate sponsorship. We're not getting corporate uh, corporate naira and corporate dollar. Before, it wasn't. So, it was like, you bring your resources, I bring my resources. We literally boutique, like, built our way up, right? Yeah. So, the, any any deviation from that into entering into spaces where it was almost like, oh, like, maybe they didn't give us a voice. I'm not talking about Lusa, but in general, oh, they didn't give us a voice before or, oh, like, these people are not going to understand us. You tend to shy away from it, not because you're ashamed or you're scared, but it's just like, why do you want to go somewhere where people will be making fun of you or like will be insulting? It doesn't make sense. Stay in your safe space. Mm-hmm. So when I said I'm gonna, when I t- took the yes to, um, made the yes to go on, yeah, I was having contention. I was like, yo, I don't know if I'm gonna do this. I don't know if this is gonna be right, but you know what? This alter movement, anyhow, I can contribute. I'm not making music. It's I'm so not. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna find my way to do my own personal contribution. I said yes. I'm gonna do stuff. Okay. So for me, it's the constant being like, I'm not changing for anybody. As I get in more and more spaces, like where I was before I entered Loose Talk was like here. Loose Talk has elevated me. I'm not going to lie. Like mm-hmm. people are hitting me from all over the world. I'm like, where do you see me from? Before when I wasn't on Loose Talk and I was just like, you know, you know, online or in the digital space or like in my niche, you know, marketing stuff. Like people knew me, but like. People know me now, and it's so weird. Like, this was probably what was supposed to happen to me in 2015 before I moved here for NYC. Like, that Judena thing, that campaign I did with Judena, like, that's what it probably would have given me that, oh, people know me all over the world. I left, and I didn't capitalize off that. Loose Talk has done that. So I'm literally, as, as you know, I continue to be a Loose Talk, and then Loose Talk affords me other opportunities. They're within, what, the media space? Within the media space, and then, you know, how, you know, interdisciplinary, like, things can just, like, Inter intersect. Mm-hmm. 
there's probably going to be more pressure for me to like compromise. Like, yo, if you want to do that, you need to bend. If you want to do this, you need to do And I'm not going to do it. And I wish we had a camera. You guys should see the pressure. <laughs> no, like, I'm not going to do it, bro. I'm not doing it. And, and, like, and people, people think like, oh, Jessica, you're so aggressive. You're so this. I see this all the time. Almost everywhere I go, I'm a minority. And almost everywhere I go, I have to fight for, like, uh-huh. my identity or, like, fight for someone to be like, accept me like this. I'm not changing. Uh-huh. So it's literally to stay true to myself and stay true to this movement that I would, that embraced uh-huh. me three years ago. Embraced you. But th- there needs to be, this This is the way I look at this, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel old. I'm not that old. Yeah. I'm 30. But there needs to be a deliberate effort, which I see TZ doing a lot. Yeah. I mean, he brought some of the brands in Jameson mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some kind of deliberate effort because the, the California, sorry, mm-hmm. um, the California guys uh, who were just skating at the park, that snowballed into X Games mm-hmm. a couple of years mm-hmm. later. The hippies snowballed into Coachella. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you can, different industries. And I see Alter transcending music and fashion. I see there being Alter businesses because the same way we have like, and this is me talking like from a business perspective mm-hmm. and someone who has worked in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. When I saw Alter, that was the first thing that came to my mind. What I wish I can do what these guys are doing with music in the business sector yeah. to break down the whole, I don't know if First Bank will sponsor this podcast, but hey, to break down the whole traditional businesses like First Bank, First Bank and, and things like that. I mean, they're trying to buy cool, but yeah. like to operate in industries and I guess the tech industry will be the first yeah. part of call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, adding that to the culture and being a whole thing. But so, I, I feel there has to be some kind of deliberate efforts, people thinking within that line. So or like maybe everything are... was just organic and authentic so, and will happen organic? Authenticity is at the core of what we stand for. Okay. So, but at the same time, you do have to make deliberate, like, chess moves in order to get to where you're going. And that's already being done, right? For example, shout out to Native Mac, right? They literally are what you can probably um, compare to, like, our complex or, like, our high snobity or our high source. Source of all things new gen. um, Source of all things... um, like source of all things that are at the core of, you know, this new sector, like this new um, emergence of Nigeria. I don't want to say new emergence. We just, it's not, it's not new emergence. It's just like, we've understood, we've broken free from the shackles of conformity, bro. And we've broken free from the shackles of our forefathers and our fathers and our grandfathers and, and them telling us this is what you have to do to be successful. We've, we've, we've smashed all those chains, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that Native Mag was able to pull off Native land, Native land is now, has international like people are flying in from America to come to Native Land. Um, with the with the with the brand partnerships, like you said, like you said, TZ carried Jameson on his head. Like the only before Jameson was associated with the Ultimate Movement, I don't know how people in Nigeria knew about Jameson. Jameson is now every time people say every time people talk about Jameson now. There's some joke, some alter joke flies around in Lagos. Yeah, I don't know about that, but in Lagos, that's that's what it is. Look at Santi, Santi's album "Mandy in the Jungle." First, either it's first week or first two weeks. I don't remember. Six million streams. He's now, as we speak, I'm pretty sure Santi is in New York um, with two other very fire producers. They're known as the Monster Boys. The three of them, Santi, GMK, Genio, uh, Genio. They're in New York at the moment. Santi has some, you know, has signed deals with, you know, um, Western labels. Odunsi is gone, headlining shows in, in, in London. 
He will soon probably come to, like the next stop is to come to America and headline these shows. Those are the systems that are in place because if you if, if you leave if you leave Nigeria if you leave like the Nigerian way, right? I don't even know if this sounded ignorant. A lot of people are really okay with being like the champions of like their 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 area, like the king of their I don't want to say king of the streets or king of this place or king of, like I see a lot of mainstream artists and I don't even want to say that they don't want like worldwide success, but their movement shows doesn't show that to me. Really? To me, to me. Not all of them, some of them. I, I, Nigerians? Like Nigerians? Nigerians move like, to the weirdest places, man. We have Nigerians performing in Myanmar, Nigerians performing it's in. Not, it's a very small minority. A lot of Nigerians don't hey, understand. No, Nigerians move. Nigerians, Nigerians move. are like, all over Once the you have. The typical Nigerian artist, like Humble Smith, like once you have a hit song, the next thing is UK tour. Duncan Mighty, once he came back, the next thing. But it's not sustainable. European like they, tour. they move off, but they move off buzz. They don't move off of sustainable um, system. I mean, someone like Mr. Easy is leading the way to that. Right. Like, so people are becoming smarter in the way they move. It's just like, oh, you're popular here. They're calling you. You're going. But, but you have to understand, there, there are like probably hundreds of thousands of Nigerian artists in Nigeria. It's only these are only like. A few like there are many artists in Nigeria that are not doing granted because they're seeing Easy, they're seeing you know Whiskey, they're seeing Davido, they're seeing Santino Junsi, they're seeing you know these people, and they're now you know being called like they're being spoken about in the West. They're being you know invited to like all the space and stuff. So it's now making people think like, okay, I need to be serious with my own as well. Like I need to care about my visuals more. I need to care about the mixing and mastering of my song more. But there's still a lot of people that's like, oh, let me just put something out anyhow. And how can you put something? Oh, so what house? you're saying is that they, they are not churning out products that can be consumed anywhere in the world. They're just to, me, no. to you. A lot of people know. Oh, okay. And I feel like if uh, you were I thought you were just me, talking about touring. No, 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 no. If so, uh, what I'm saying is, if you you ask me the question you asked me is like, what is it that we're doing to make this thing sustainable and like grow it? And the core, like to me, like I said, maybe one day I'm gonna find a way to connect you and TZ. Let him be the one that will tell you the business, like the business moves that this guy is making. Mm-hmm. From the essence of my end is staying true to yourself and not and facing your front because as the people that I've called these you know key people in the ultimate movement that I've you know mentioned their names they did not look left they did not look right they were just doing their music they were doing their music through the Nigerian slander they were doing their music through everyone thinking they're not gonna pass you know they're not, they they don't know how to perform they were doing their music through um through thick thin all types of storm and were facing their front now people are calling them. Let me ask you a question. And I understand that yeah, you're very passionate about Alter, mm-hmm. but do you see any issues with the culture currently? Some things that you feel can be better? Yes. Okay, what are those issues? I still feel like we seem a little bit elitist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still issues of classism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any, I don't have, I don't feel any type of way saying this boldly because I've said this extensively on News Talk. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I joined News Talk was to show, like, yo, or was to, to educate people that it's really not about wealth, it's not about money, it's not about affluence. But the thing is, because I guess the key people associated with it, um, just because of circumstance, like happen to have, they come from families that, you know, are well known, right? People don't even give them a chance. They just write them off as, oh, this one can't hustle because it's their parents that give them money. No, it's not, bro. Mm-hmm. When we're fundraising to do these concerts, we're going to the first banks, 
we're going to sponsors to look for money. Now, I mean, the, the fact that you go to those kinds of uh, people, some people might argue is because your network avails see, you to that's what I wanted to say. like that. There might even be nepotism even within those spaces, but this is Nigeria. That stuff is inevitable. Mm. Like, even if you try, me that tries to form, I don't use nepotism. People still complain. So if you are going to say, like, I can go to First Bank and, you know, write my proposal and get it through the, the, the places you need to get it through, mm. last, last, you get the money, you, you put on this show, and you invite everyone. Now, before I used to complain, like, okay, can the average person, like, not, okay, I didn't used to complain, but I've heard the complaint, and then I understood what people would say when they said they can't afford to be altered. At first, I was like, what are y'all talking about? What does afford to be altered mean? If you look at it and you and you study I can understand how some people would think that the lifestyle is a certain type of way. For example, look at how a lot of us dress, right? Some people feel like they can afford it. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to harp on the fact that I can go and sew trousers in Lagos Island for one five, and it'll look as old as somebody else's, you know, designer trout like pants. There's there's this disconnect where like people are not list like either they still find it hard to listen or those biases have been embedded in them and they can't like seem to shake them off of that old like. Not that I, I want, I don't care if people don't accept ultimately, but ultimately is literally for everyone. Like, no one is holding gates and saying, yo, you can come in, oh, you can't come in. No one is doing that. But the way they've branded it, I think people have subconsciously just believed, like, oh, they can't, they can't be it because they can't be in this movement because, oh, um, they don't look like this, they don't do this. But that's a disservice because I said earlier, the ultimate movement encompasses, encompasses many things. It encompasses thought process. It, it encompasses perspective, value system. I mean, but you can't blame those people, right? You can't uh, blame them. I don't blame the them. The burden of proof is on the state. So I guess in time, it's still a very young exactly. culture. I feel like, wait, let me pause this. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it'll be interesting to see anyway where this goes. And it's a good time to be alive to see... Nice. The intersection between the old, the new, the rise of the new. You guys are literally the first set of people like coming up with a culture like this. Yeah. And in people like me, I see myself in that culture. Maybe not necessarily the music. I love alternative music, mm-hmm. but like in other aspects. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just a good time to be alive. Yeah. Like, this is the right time to be born. It's the right time to be a Nigerian. To be a Nigerian. Oh my goodness. As ironic yeah. as ironic as it sounds, like I'm not gonna lie. Like I left Nigeria in chaos. Right. There was a lot of wild things happening when I left. Um, oh, you left a few weeks ago. What was happening in Nigeria? The whole, you know, Koza thing and oh um, yeah, you know, I'm on Naira and everything, so, yeah. and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is a, this is a great time to take a little break, okay? <laughs> um, and I'm not like at first I'll be like, oh, you know, I I don't I don't feel I feel guilty for saying I can take a break. Now I liken it to honestly, when someone is has a job and they go on leave, that's what I feel like it is. Moving to Nigeria was a job. Living in Nigeria is a job. <laughs> Operating in Nigeria is a job. I need to go on a little leave. Being Nigerian is a it, job. It's a job, right? <laughs> and I know it sucks, it sucks, it sucks, and I feel so bad, and I want to learn how to stop being so apologetic about this. Not everybody can say they can go on leave, but that's my reality, bro, and I'm not going to keep... Like, I can't... I was having, like... I'll, I'll be having breakdowns, like, trying to be like, yo, this is my identity. Uh, like... Fortunately or unfortunately, my parents bore me in America. I can't, I can't, should I go and like enter into my mother's womb again and like, you know, rewind time or like, should I like be angry hey, at my Jess, parents? Jess, don't bark at everyone throwing stones. I'm man. not barking. I'm not barking. It's almost like. But you can do that on the podcast. Like, this is. I know, I know. And I can do that on loose talk. But like, it's, I'm not barking. I'm having this struggle in my head. This is a struggle I have in my head all the time that people don't see when it's just, just, just finesse outside. You don't understand, like, people don't understand that I can go and host a native land and, like, still, you know, want to 
go and like relate with like like Nigerians in a better that I left from. And it's this constant struggle of like saying like, yo, I want, I don't want anyone to say that I'm moving from, you know, due to privilege, due to privilege. And then I thought about it and I was like, this is literally my reality. I get it, you know, it's a, it's a reality of privilege, but I'm, I'm tired of feeling, feeling guilty about it because I've tried. I really yeah. feel like I've tried in all my best, in all my capacity to, you know, prove that I'm not. Gotcha. You know. I mean, and in a way, it's always going to be there. It's never going to be yeah. like the way you want it to be. Yeah. And maybe that's why some of these billionaires uh, also do the things the way they do, right? Because mm-hmm. a billionaire might enjoy the things he enjoys before he became a billionaire, but suddenly if he drives his Ferrari down the street, everyone is like, what does he feel like? You yeah, know, as a billionaire? Yeah. So like, okay, let me take my ass to SoCal or Beverly Hills or somewhere where everyone is a billionaire. So if we're talking about our yachts or in the, in the Marine Club or whatever, talking about our stuff, like everyone understands and right. no one is looking at me sideways because right. of what I do on a normal day. So again, I understand your frustration. Mm. It's been just like a year and a half, but trust me, you have to let that thing go. And with time, you're going to win over some people, mm-hmm. definitely not everyone, but there's still going to be a bunch of people who are going to be pissed off all the right. time. And that's, as in, you can't do anything about that, right? It I'm learning that. I'm really learning but that. But there's a movie you, I definitely have to recommend you watch. It's called mm-hmm. Snowpiercer. Okay. And anyone who is listening to this can also look it up. I'm not sure where it is. If it's on Amazon or Netflix, I'm we not sure. Probably Google it. Yeah, but it's called Snowpiercer. It was it's Chris Evans, mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer, mm-hmm. and it was directed by uh, an Asian director. I think it's Japanese. Okay. I think I'm okay. not too sure. Okay. And it's it's about classism. Mm-hmm. So the premise of the movie is the whole world froze over. Everywhere is ice. But before everyone died, almost everyone in the world died, someone built a train. Mm -hmm. And the train is circling the whole world. Mm -hmm. And everyone who is alive is inside the train. Like, they grow their own food. They have their water. And the train is just, everyone outside is dead. Everyone inside. And the back of the train are, like, lower-class people. And the front of the train is uh, higher-class people. Mm -hmm. Eventually, there was, like, a revolt. And the people from the back of the train came to the front of the train. But I'll allow you guys to watch it. But (laughs) there's just, like thinking about this whole classism thing mm-hmm. and that's snow piercer like s-n-o-w mm-hmm. then piercer p-i-e-c-e-r mm-hmm. that and the series the society okay the society is a bunch of high school kids who went on a field trip and came back and all their parents disappeared okay and all of a sudden they were in this place and they couldn't move and they had to like start the world from scratch like start the society from scratch wow. so I had to assign people to be lawyers to be doctors at first people because they were like 16 17 so everyone like having fun mm-hmm. you know just wilding out eventually some people started having sense and saying oh look we'll run out of food in x number of days if we don't do something we have to keep order we have to like hire right. uh, some of us have to be policemen some of us have to like learn farming some of us have to you know, pull our way to do this mm-hmm. and just goes to show how the society was structured things like that things that i listen to and i watch uh, podcasts like that i listen to and documentaries like that movies like that i, I like to watch because i try to understand because i'm in this unique space in my life where i'm like in the middle between here i'm not accepted by here i'm not accepted by yeah. there and it's just funny, right? But you touched on Koza. I don't know. Oh, and you might be tired about talking. I'm super tired, but let's go. Yeah, tired about talking about this, but let's not make it about Koza per se. You moving to Nigeria, um, you'd have had 
might have had some nasty experiences in that regard mm -hmm. of how patriarchy in Nigeria, but to the extent of what you can share, mm -hmm. like what was your first experience with that system in Nigeria, the patriarchal system? Um, it might not necessarily be like you talked about not being given some jobs, yeah. things like that. But what, what was your interaction to know that, wow, that it's wild out here, that it's like the wild, wild west and women are not valued in the way they should be. And no one even cares about um, X, Y, Z the way they should. I don't know if that makes sense. So it makes sense. I'm just trying to think of what, there's one I want to say, but I don't know if it's, it's like pinpoint in response to what you're asking me. Um, okay, so I, I think for me, what it would be is I would be in spaces with men. It would be men and women as well. And like people will talk to me in a very dismissive, like they'll be disregarding what I'm saying. And I'm like, I really accredited to the fact that maybe it's like, it's, it's coming out of my mouth. Like it's because I'm a woman and, and like these preconceived, uh, characteristics of like, how a woman should, I guess, relate in public or something. I feel like I experienced that a lot, especially in the Southeast. Like, oh, you're talking too much. Or I'll say something and, like, somebody, like, will just reduce the thing I said to something so simple. And I'm like, bro, I said, like, a whole spiel of something concerning a topic. And then it would just be likened to, you know, a big, a big, a big. So I don't know if that's really, um, like, so shocking. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's happening to you. But that's something that's happened to me a lot. It got to the point where, like, I felt like I put my hair out because every time, every time I would try to speak in like a space, somebody was reducing what I was saying, and it, and it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen as much now because now I just mind where I talk. Like the most I talk now is on loose talk. If I'm not on loose talk, I'm not talking. Really? Unless I'm on loose talk, if I'm doing media, where it's like, okay, you invited me here, I'm, I'm talking. In normal spaces, now I don't even talk as much because I'm like, who's about, who's listening? Or if I if I talk, some man is about to say something that is gonna irritate me, and I'm like, what's the point of going back and forth? What? Wait, wait, okay. <laughs> let me let me stop you for a second. I don't even know if I answer your question, but go ahead. Not yet, but we're getting there. But mm -hmm. and this is from the last episode to this episode. Yep. Why? I don't know if it's fair to even ask you to explain why you behave the way you do because it's embedded in your genetics, mm -hmm. it's embedded in your uh, character. Mm -hmm. But I have the feeling that you care about a lot of people's opinion in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting the kind of feedback you want from other people, it bothers you in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And some Nigerians are like, to hell, like, I'll, I'll do me, mm -hmm. to hell with everyone else. Mm -hmm. and, but from everything we've been talking about, you always get frustrated if certain things don't go according to plan or how you thought about it in your head. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not fair to ask you to explain like why you are the way you no, are. I, no, but great. do you think, obviously there are, there are positives to it, right? Mm -hmm. on, on why you are that way. But mm -hmm. has that held you back? Let me put it that way. Because you are so emotionally connected to what people think. That has held you back going all out to do the things you're supposed to do and not just give a damn about what anyone thinks back home. Oh, not even back home, like in life. Um, like, 
Now I'm a bit more okay with this, but before I was never, I was not a risk taker before. Like I was someone that would be like, if I can't see myself being successful at this thing from the beginning, I'm not doing it. Wait, you said you're not a risk taker? Before. This is someone who went to Uganda on your went I said before. Okay. Before. <laughs> gotcha. before. That was like probably the first risk, like notably risky like thing where I was like, man, screw it. Let's do it. Um, but before I was, I would not do something like in school. That's how I was with friends with family if i could not see a glimpse of victory in the end like envision it i would not even do it now this whole thing about caring about people's opinions right ironically enough it was when i moved to nigeria that at first i used to do it and then i was like no nah, these people have mental problems i can't be bothered right but the thing is because it's been embedded in my dna like it's it's basically because how my parents raised me like that's what I can accredit this thing to. Always trying to please my parents. Always trying to please aunties and uncles. Like, always trying to please people so that people would be proud of me type of thing. And then on top of that, this whole thing about I would question things and then I would be like, don't, don't question me. It is what it is. Like, because I said so. Because I said so. Shout so, out to Mr. Mr. Chibuze. You know? So, and all my aunties and uncles, not just them. I'm not going to put just the, you know, the blame on them. Gotcha. Um, but... Now, as I've grown up, it's really, it's still affecting me till now. Like, I'm definitely way more carefree. I definitely take more risks. I moved to Nigeria for crying out loud, and I didn't know where I was about to live when I moved to Nigeria. Like, everything I did from Nigeria was literally from the ground up. I did not, I even, I didn't even know what I was going to do. I just had a hunch I should move. So, now it's, it's way more, it's, I'm way more freer than before, but that thing from back, um, when, when I was younger about like, not offending people. People call me PC police. The reason why I can even agree and say okay, I'm PC police because I don't like when people offend me. I don't want to offend people. Like I treat people the way, for the most part, I want to be treated. Don't come and talk disrespectful to me. I try my hardest not to disrespect people. I mean, I like what you're doing. I mean, I like what you're saying, but I'll try my hardest. Now, there's some things that like I don't like. I'm saying it like that, like especially when I'm talking about patriarchy in Nigeria. I don't know what PC way to talk about like the way most men in Nigeria behave. Obviously, it's the same. It's, it's like that in America too, but the the patriarchy, like dealing with men in the way I've dealt with in Nigeria, I just, I don't know the peace way to be saying it. I will not even bend myself to try and do it. But What can men do better? A lot. A lot. What, what are two, three things men can do better? Yo, listen. Listen when women are talking. Especially in Nigeria. Listen okay. when... Yo, like, you're actually getting me, like, something in my chest is just doing me. Listen when women are talking, bro. Um, like I said, it was in Nigeria where my voice would always be get, would get dismissed. And people, like, especially on Loose Talk, this thing you're, this thing you're noticing or you've observed about me is the same, I was having the same issue in Loose Talk. I'm pretty sure I still have the same issue, but I've become more relaxed because I've gotten used to them. And people would, like, somebody sent a fan mail, and it was really, that fan mail really, like, challenged me and it's like you know you're very brilliant jessica but like you just all you have to do is learn how to pick your battles before i used to fight every single battle because i'm like no you're attacking me and if you're attacking me that means you're, you're attacking black women that means you're attacking evil women that means you're attacking like i would always be like if you're attacking my identity i can see other how other people in my same identity could relate to what you're doing so i need to fight i need to fight for you know that identity and like it would be it will come off as harsh and abrasive and it will come off as like jessica why are you always angry and it's like it's not that I'm angry. You just said something that I perceive as wild, right? You can also see how it's wild, but you you don't care to to be you don't care to think before you speak. And then it simply doesn't take it like that. Like it doesn't no. Men don't have to you know, men don't have to take when, you know, someone is assaulting them. It's like it's okay to like 
when I say not not in all situations, but like let's say if a guy insults a, a guy, like that guy can be like, guy, don't talk to me anyhow. Don't talk to me like that. But if a guy talks to me anyhow, I have like, and if I say, yo, don't don't talk to me anyhow, don't call me out of my name, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're angry. No, I'm not angry, bro. If it was you, you would get, you would feel the same way too. So that whole, you know, men have, should just listen to like women more, man, and don't do selective listening. And don't listen because, oh, I like the bitch, so let me just form, I'm listening to her. <laughs> Eventually, you cast yourself, or you expose yourself, and I know that's what you're doing. Gotcha. Um, second thing is that, I know this is gonna is, is a bit harder to do. Any man that, see, that they feel like they have the courage to be an ally for women, please be that ally. I get it, right? Nigeria's a hard place, okay? Nigeria's a place where if you say the unpopular opinion is very, like, when the when the majority party wants to attack you, they will attack you. Finish to the point where you're. I've seen how many people have I seen do a deactivate their social media because you know somebody was slandering them. If you have the courage to be an ally for women, be an ally for women, bro, and not just like in little spaces, like wherever you can, wherever you can do it, do it. Like for example, it's not like like okay, it's not like there's an alte governing body that's paid me to talk about alte up and down. No one is paid me. I'm not making money from, you know, coming on your podcast and talking about Alta. There's some people that will be like, oh, well, they, they didn't pay me to talk about this topic. So if I come here, I'm going to blatantly not talk about something. No. I believe in this movement. I will talk about it everywhere I go, even where places where it doesn't concern them. If I can plug it, I'll plug it. The same thing for men. If you know you're a guy, you have a, you have a platform where you can talk about, you know, or you don't even have to maybe talk about, you know, uh, uh, women. Bring women on. Put women on. Mm. Allow women to be their authentic selves in places where you have leverage to like bring them on and allow them to flourish. So maybe you may not know how to speak about women's issues or maybe you may not know the you may not know the um the severity of the situation and why feminism in Nigeria or feminism in the world is so important. Use your power to bring a baby that knows it so she can talk about it. Those are the two things. People I wanna shout um a young lady I'll call Layla Johnson. Salami? Yeah, Salami. Brilliant young woman, bro. You think she's old? She's not even. Out, she's she's way younger than me. Like this girl is brilliant. And the first time I feel like I was brought onto a platform where like we were speaking about real issues was on her podcast called The Broken Record. Like she's brought me onto radio um before, and like I've known her before that time. But like that's an example. Like there needs to be men that are doing that. Like okay, it's women. You know, women uplifting women, women putting women on. Men need to do it too. So those are the two things I will say, like in Nigeria, that would make the world felt like so much more easier in Nigeria, I guess, or make Nigeria like a little bit less insufferable. Because still, not I still these two things are still issues that still burden me till today, and it's still fresh. So you see another podcast, this thing will jump out. This this you know Jessica being super like frustrated or like you know seeming like there's like this thing happening or going on. No, it is who you are. Yeah, you, you can't change who you are. And, and it's just. I guess there, there's a way to use um, whatever character you, you have to like get what you want. Yeah. I guess so if you're, for instance, broad, uh, top level, if, if you're quiet or if you're loud, yeah. uh, you can, there are, there are ways to use, you're utilize quiet, being quiet, yeah, yeah, ways to use not being loud. But uh, yeah, definitely. I actually took a page from what you just said and, you know, bringing women on to your platform and, um, Allowing them to be the authentic self. Um, I think that's something that 
made me not ask my previous questions because I was about to ask that sometimes because I've had situations where I try to be allies for women and women mm-hmm. are like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, so I don't just mind right. my business. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind That's of thing. True. So um, I guess that make that truly uh, is something that I personally, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I can do and mm-hmm. I should definitely do. Um, that would be of, amazing. So, and boys, we're not only here. I beg. <laughs> this is 21st century. <laughs> this is the 21st century. I beg. No, they beg. You know, involve involve our sisters. You know, supposed to be the way it be. Anyway, it's been really exciting talking to you, Jess. Having me um, two times. Pretty yeah, sure definitely. And you're, you're still in the DMB. What? What? September? Yeah. Yeah. So we might have you a couple of couple of more times. <laughs> I could be the first to do a lot of things here. Yeah, I mean, well, let's see, let's see. I mean, whatever is happening, and if, you, if there's something happening in your life, you want me to come record some stuff, yeah, yeah. that's something I can definitely do. Uh, just hit me up. Um, is there any question I was supposed to ask you, something you, you are meaning to address, or something you want to plug, um, some jewels you want to throw out there, mm. uh, something you want to tell yourself? You want to speak to your future self five years down the line, so we can come back to this podcast and like, yes, Jessica actually said this in 2019. Um, okay, so there's two things. One of them is actually about you, and then the other one, since you just said this future self thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, and I, I feel like I say this all the time, and I'm still struggling with this now. Understanding that like all these little puzzle pieces are gonna make a big picture. So sometimes, like when the first half of this year happened, it was really, 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 really rough for me, right? Like, the first time I, if I ever thought about, yo, I'm dumping this country and I'm coming back to where they, where they born and raised me, the first time I ever thought about that, I didn't think about that during NYSC. Mm. I didn't think about that during my first year living in in Lagos. Mm. It was this 2019 that I was like, yo, I kept on the top, like, right now. What kept you from doing that? I said Nigeria's not going to chase me out. I'm going to leave on my own free will. Mm. The problems of Nigeria are not chasing me anywhere. You are that determined. Bro. And did they have anything to do, and I know you just answered the question, but did mm-hmm. they have anything to do with proving the people, like your parents who said don't go, like trying to prove to them that, yeah, I went and I made something out of it? Or it was more the self-determination, like, look, I made up my mind on this thing, mm-hmm. it must work. Um, the first year was definitely, was definitely, yeah, I can't come and tell my parents that. After my parents told me don't come here, I'm not coming back. That was year one. This one is self-determination. Gotcha. So I think what I would tell my future self is like, Jessica, like you didn't die. Um, and also you must be doing something right in Nigeria. If you come back to America and then, you know, someone is hitting you up to be on a podcast to talk about like your life in Nigeria. That means that I'm, 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 I feel like there's something, it's not like I'm saying like I'm the blueprint. It's not like I'm saying the way I'm doing it is the right way, but for the fact that people are hitting me up, that I'm in the DMV to be like, yo, tell us about your experience in Nigeria. How was it like? How was it like? That means that for me personally, that would probably be like one of my KPIs if like I was a business or something. And I feel like I'm meeting that goal. The second thing I actually wanted to talk about is I actually wanted to commend you. And this is not even, this is not even trying to be like cliche or anything. I was thinking about it. I think, um, sometime, obviously between the last part one of this episode and now about how you are doing your podcast and it's this mobile setup, right? Because I know there's a lot of people, myself included, that will say, oh, we can't do something because we don't, like, there's no time or there's no resources, there's no this. 
And I don't know, for some reason, like, this motivated me. It's not like, I'm, it's not like I have a podcast I'm trying to do. But this, the fact that you are this flexible and saying, like, there's something I want to do and I'm going to do it. And even if I don't have, like, you know, a stationary setup to do it, I'm still going to do it. That just gingered me for future projects that I need to do or that things I've been putting on hold because I'm saying, oh, well, there's no resource. Oh, there's no studio to do. Oh, there's no this. Oh, there's no camera. There's a way to make anything happen. And I know there's a lot of people, especially now that, you know, sometimes, all the time, right? When people come in, like, tell me, like, good things about Loose Talk, and they're talking about me, I'm like, how? I didn't start the... Like, the people that should get the credit are not here. Why am I getting this credit? And it's like, there's so many people that want to start things like podcasts, or I was fortunate enough to enter a pop a podcast that was already, had already was peaked, like, popping before I jumped in. Mm-hmm. By God's grace, like, me and Moni have just added another dimension. But if we didn't come on there, bro, they would have still been good. Maybe, you know, someone can argue, you know, all that, but they would have still kept it pushing. So I'm not about to sit there and be like, oh, because of me and Money, you saved Blue Talk. No, that's safer complex and I'm not, that's not my, that's not my line of work. But there are people that want to start so many different things and whatever reason is hindering them. And the fact that we're shooting or we're recording this podcast in Montgomery County Public Library in a conference room on the fourth floor and we're doing something that how many thousand miles away I'm doing it in Pulse Studio, right? This, nothing should be stopping people. And that is something that is at the core of the ultimate movement as well. I know we've already discussed it and passed it. Nothing should stop you to do what you're doing. Nothing stops me from moving to Nigeria. Nothing stops me from, you know, doing all the things I've done in Nigeria. Like there are obviously like obvious factors, right? But you can you can you can overcome any of those factors and say, hey, I'm gonna knock this thing out. So like shout out to you because it's a podcast. It's not like, oh, we're doing something so innovative. There's millions of people with podcasts. But you inviting me here and then me recording this manner and like seeing how dedicated you are and even being patient with me when I came late and stuff. It's it's like reminding me about like, yo, just because there's things you put on hold or there's things that you're you're hindering you're stopping yourself from doing because of limiting factors that you're causing to limit yourself, not even any human being or any man made thing. So I just want to say shout out to you and like that is something that I was thinking about before I came here again today to do part two. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, no yeah, yeah, yeah. A million ways to hack, you know, whatever um, system you feel is in place out there. So definitely, and I look forward to following up on you, That's you know, right. in the coming years. And That's remember, right. oh, just remember that time we yeah, talked. Yeah, feel free to repost uh, it. No, so when you turn big, madam, yeah. I'll claim you. you I know how. You better post I knew. this <laughs> podcast when you know happens. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So last thing on the podcast, um, no, but before we play Endgame, I have something called Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play, it's a game we play at the end of every podcast. We didn't get to play that uh, the last podcast because we were kicked you know out of the but... Yeah, um, guys, do me a favor. If you're listening to this now, uh, wherever you're listening to, whatever platform, please screenshot, take a screenshot of your screen and help me share it on WhatsApp stories or please. Instagram stories. Please. I'm not saying post it on your main feed or change your profile. Just WhatsApp story. Be cool. It's 24 hours. Huh? 24 hours WhatsApp stories or Instagram stories. Just take a screenshot, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever. Just take a screenshot and help post it. So, are you ready to play Endgame? I think I am. I'm a little scared. Okay. I mean, it, it's not that difficult. I'm, I'm trying to... You know how uh, folks mm-hmm. talk about the black card? Oh, you just lost your black card or something here. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. maybe behave a certain way. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you just lost your black card. Yeah. Like, so, I, I kind of like came up with questions to 
kind of determine how Nigerian you are. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, let's go, let's go. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready? I'm super Are you scared? Wow. <laughs> you want me to give you expo? <laughs> Jeez, you, oh, you ended on a strong note. Wow. Okay. okay. This is going to be heard in a whole bunch of countries. Okay. If you don't get this right, yeah. no pressure. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> so they are really easy questions. Okay. So uh, I have uh, three questions and basic questions, trust me. Very basic. I, you'd be surprised. What do you think? No, very basic. And, you know, you have to give two answers. One for the U.S. and one for Nigeria. Okay. So, so we'll see. Um, first question. Mm -hmm. How many states are in the U.S. and in Nigeria? Okay, 50 states in the U.S. Okay. Am I that useless? I want to say 36 states in Nigeria. Hey, that wasn't so hard. She was sweating. We can end it now. We can oh. end it now. You see what happened was, you know, when you graduate from oh. college, okay, once you graduate, you'll see, what do you think oh, for a game? Okay. Oh, this chick was sweating. She was like, if I fuck up now. Dang. God, then we'll finish me. Okay. Two more questions. Okay. <laughs> This one should be pretty easy because this guy is, I think, is like pretty much in the in the face of young people back home. But um, who's the vice president of the U.S.? I know he's the vice president of Nigeria. Okay, Pence, for U.S. Okay, um, well, what was his full name? It's up with a J. No, I mean Pence. What's his first name? Yeah, no, it's I know it starts with the J. It does. Like, well, it I does start with an M. Wow, Mark Maybe, Mark Pence. Um. Wait. Let no. But let me let me Google that and see real quick. Oh, are you trying to trip me up? I thought you were trying to trip me up. I'm not trying to. So you're close. For which one? Um, For the U.S. Yeah. I mean, say it louder. No, 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 no. Mr. Pence. I don't understand. Vice President Pence. I mean, that starts with an M, but, Mr. Pence. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> I got it. You know about to no. You know okay. about to me. I really forgot that man's name. I just know it's Pence. Okay. Wow, um, Nigeria. Yemi Obis is it Obisinjo? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. No, that's uh yeah, yeah, getting it's a former one, current one. It's O You're close, you're really close. It's Yemi, yes. Uh -huh. The last name Obisinjo Obis Obis I don't know how to pronounce it. His last name, gotcha. Okay. But it's Obi Ob not Obasanjo. No. It's Obis isn't it? Obisi. Osi Banjo. Osi Banjo. Osi. Woo. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's Mike Pence for the U.S. Mm -hmm. and Yemi Osi Banjo. But yeah, so we, we do it like how they do it in, in high school in Nigeria. I'll give you half mark. No problem. I take that. That's <laughs> One and a half. Zero. Okay, last question. Mm -hmm. um, what is the official president's residence called in the U.S. and in Nigeria? Okay, for the U.S. is the White House. Okay. For Abuja is um, the villa. Mm. Um, you want to say Asa Rock? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. 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 Nice one. Nice one. You want to drop your social media all Man. that good stuff? Y'all know the drill. Well, the Loose Talk family that are gonna listen to this pod, you know the drill. Um, follow me on Twitter at Jess Jess Finesse. Follow me on Instagram at Jess Jess Finesse. Follow my playlist on Apple Music and now on Spotify called the Jess Finesse Flex List. Is it the same Jess Finesse Flex with where you put all the, like, a thousand songs or something? Yeah, where I put a thousand songs. Yeah, a lot of songs. But yeah, 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 pretty cool. Hey. Good way to discover music. 
Also follow us on all social media. It's Culture Class Podcast everywhere uh, except Twitter. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. Believe it or not, I still haven't received an email. I don't know why. Like people tweet at me mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. and people comment like on my Instagram, but mm-hmm. I haven't received an email to like the Culture Class Podcast at gmail.com. And it's, at, it's on your bio and everything. Yeah, yeah, it is. You have but, to yeah. think. Are you sure it's there? Is there? Is there? Okay. I, I I'm I'm trying to hack some marketing stuff. I know like Pulse has money for SEO marketing and all. But I'm I'm clawing my way on Reddit and YouTube comments and a bunch of places trying to market podcasts. But hopefully with this, you know, yeah. once uh the madam, the ultimate madam says, oh yeah, everybody, you need to relax. <laughs> oh, I do want to say one thing, one thing, one thing. Okay, okay. obviously I'm a plug my home base. All right, so Loose Talk Podcast. The energy, the the amount of the pigeon. And the little, you know, accent here and there. I actually did it more here than on Loose Talk. And I'm trying to even understand why. Really? Yeah, I don't even... I mean, I do it occasionally, but um, I don't know. Maybe because I'm in America, like, my Nigerian is jumping out more than when I'm in Nigeria. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, Like, I see myself breaking out in, like, my my Americanized Nigerian accent or my Nigerianized American accent. I don't know what it is at this Mm. point. I'm with my friends. And I'm saying, like, girl, you're... What happened? Like... Jessica, what happened to you? And I'm like, girl, I'm full-blooded. I've been in Nigeria. You know, I've been in these streets, man. <laughs> America, America, this, I'm, I'm literally coming to, I guess, my home country or my birth country for vacation. I don't even consider this place my home country anymore. Gotcha. You know? I mean, Wakanda is our home country. You know what it is. That's your home country. Wakanda is <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I was, I was literally watching this whole talk about creating the East African bloc, like uh, mm-hmm. like six countries in East Africa. Wants, they want to like create um, really? like an East African, yeah, like uh, a federation, an East African federation or EFA or EAF, something like that. So, but now with the whole African Union talking about uh, the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how that so works. That's about to work, exactly. But anyways, uh, I digress. So thank you for coming, Jess. I uh, wish you all the best and definitely we'll be publishing this sometime soon. Thank you, Joseph.